0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for
1: tuning in, and I hope you enjoy.
2: Oh, welcome back to Spiro Avenue. No fancy dancy intros tonight. I'm going to get right into it and welcome the guests. Tun Misha Jordan, welcome to the Spiro Avenue show. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: So you guys are on the same side of the ball, but you're both incoming players. So I don't know, you guys kind of knew each other sort of, but then you were stuck in a car for like an hour and changed. Like, was it how did that go? Are you guys like better friends, worse friends? How do, how do we do on that drive down? i
0: will say better. We had some we have some conversations yeah. about different things. We got yeah. to know each other a little bit
1: more. A little bit more. I think we on the same, we have the same mindset and yeah. as far as things are gonna go.
0: What's that mindset? kind of just we kind of got the same game plan while we're here just come in, play as early as possible and make as much plays as we can
2: that sounds good to me Hey, if i can facilitate any michigan state team bonding even though it was kind of by accident by happenstance i'm happy to do it so you guys we talked about it a little bit before the show both were guys with a lot of options so i mean let's ben can you throw up our graphics just to give a little bit of a picture to Miche, we'll start there with his options so we say choices choices he ended up here at michigan state His transfer portal choices were, among them, USC, Miami, and Cal. If we created a graphic when he was coming out from high school, it was like 37. It was everyone you could think of. Alabama wanted him, Oklahoma. Everyone was after him. He ends up at Michigan State. Jordan, same kind of thing. We hate putting the Michigan logo up there, but in this context, we like it. But Michigan, Notre Dame, Florida, Penn State, many, many others. You guys clearly eschewed many, many wonderful, fantastic options to be in East Lansing. I'm just curious, sort of in a nutshell, why are you guys at Michigan State? I mean, Jordan, you can start and then we'll, we'll go from there. Um, a big
0: factor with me was the relationship with the coaches. Um, I've been talking to Coach Hayes for about, I'd say the summer of 2021. And that's when it really all got started. And I've just been consistently talking to them throughout. Um, they talked to me about having a good game plan, about where they saw me and the role that I would play here. Uh, and that kind of my family loved it because, you know, my mom on Twitter, you know, she loves it. So uh, everything kind of together just kind of just solidified that decision.
2: Your mom's more famous than you are. I she mean, is, is that, is 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 is. that kind of rough for you? You're supposed to you, you got all these coaches, high profile guys mm-hmm. that have yachts <laughs> and, and three houses. And your mom is is totally trumping you in the Michigan State fan base. It's got to be a little rough, right? No,
0: nah, I, I love it. I love to see her interact with the fans and stuff like that because at the end of the day, it, it benefits both of us. So I, I love to see it.
2: Yeah, she's awesome. I yeah. mean, she's like universal 100% approval rating in the fan base. I don't of know course. anyone that could not like your mom. But. Exactly. I mean, Tumisha, you're you're in the similar situation, a little bit different, obviously, coming as a transfer mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, a rising freshman. But both times you had options. The first time you ended up at Texas A&M after looking at Ohio State originally. Mm-hmm. Why are you here right now at Michigan
1: State? Uh, for me, primarily the biggest factor I think would be BT, BT Jordan. Um, when I hit the transfer portal, um, I knew kind of beforehand I would have a, a multitude of schools that I could pick from. And when I finally hit the portal officially, BT hit me up. He was the first person to hit me up. He said, hey, LeBra, you already know what it is. You feel me? Like it's time to go. And he's been with me since freshman year of high school. And he's like, you're going to have an opportunity to play, to come in and play. So capitalize off of it. You know, that's what I'm primarily worried about. Like film, if you watch from college, from high school, film is what speaks volume. So if you can put out good tape, that's what matters. So I'm here on a mission with the guys to establish something, you know, be another, another form of the sparring Dogs and just take over the Big Ten.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the B.J. story, anybody on that side of the ball, it seemed, especially, you know, obviously maybe not cornerbacks and safeties as much, but, you know, the linebackers and defensive linemen in particular mm. seem to be in such awe of that guy. We're going to talk a little bit about him in more detail later. What's sort of the the distinctive pitch? Obviously, B.J. can only be at one place in terms of university, and we're happy he's in East Lansing. But what else sort of stood out, you know, either one of you can chime in, where you are getting all these great calls from other great schools, and they have their own benefits too, and yes, Michigan State's a great place. I obviously like Michigan State. It's everything around you is Michigan State. But what sort of stood out? What does Michigan State have that you didn't see elsewhere that you wanted to see?
1: Underdog mentality. You I'm like not, the underdog mentality? I love the underdog mentality. I feel like I'm at certain other schools. Um, people believe stuff is like entitled to them or because they've done this or that, that it's supposed to be a certain way all the time, which we have here too. But I feel like... How other fan bases, especially like in the Big Ten, how they view us—they don't even really view us as like real contenders or as people that should be in the in the running for things. They kind of, especially with history, how things have been going the past couple of years, they kind of forgotten about Michigan State. So when I first touched down on my official visit, I could tell from like everybody that's here, like they really are locked in and they really want to be successful here. So that underdog mentality, I feel like was something I was missing prior to being here
2: that's interesting coming from you just based on your pedigree and your background because Mm -hmm. you're not sort of the prototypical under-recruited two-star scrappy guy i mean Mm -hmm. you were a decorated prospect a decorated recruit that everybody wanted i mean if nick saban and oklahoma wanted you i mean to put it in perspective in research for tonight there is a prominent oklahoma show like Mm -hmm. online tv show and they had a debate where they were having a serious debate that you may be more important than Caleb Williams in terms of committing to Oklahoma. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your sort of profile coming in. So I, I think it's kind of interesting that you're you're not the scrappy underdogs on, on the face, but you kind of have that innately in you. Is that kind of your, your take on that?
1: You have to, especially when people have been down you your entire life. If you mm-hmm. feel like you've arrived, that's when everything is going to fall to pieces. You got to always have that mentality that somebody somebody right now is working right now. It's somebody doing push-ups in their room, somebody doing jumping jacks, or somebody doing crunches. It's somebody working right now and they're always trying to be better than you. So it's like life's about competition. That's something my dad taught me. And something my mom taught me like you got to compete. And if you think that you've arrived, that's the moment that everything is going to fall to pieces.
2: So zero sense of entitlement on that side of the table. I mean, Jordan, you kinda, you, you're cut from the same cloth. Everybody wanted you, too. Do you sort of have a, a chip on your shoulder? What, what distinguished Michigan State from other schools? Kind of what's mm-hmm. your take on that?
0: I'll start off with the Michigan State thing. Uh, kind of a non-football related type deal is um, excluding Notre Dame and Marcus, Marcus Freeman is their uh, new head coach uh, as of last year. Uh, Mel Tucker, out of the top schools that we had, it was the only black. Uh, head coach at all the schools. And for me, I want somebody that is going to be leading me to kind of be able to understand the things that I might go through as a black man and as an athlete. So I feel like that was a big thing with me to uh, pick at Michigan State as well. And like he said, he I mean, he hit really all the parts about um, you can't get too high upon yourself with the recruiting and the rankings and stuff like that. Because, um, like you said, there's always somebody trying to catch up to you in the moment that you can get complacent with. Uh, the position that you're in—that's when people start catching up to you. So, you just got to keep that mentality. You know, I'm I'm blessed and fortunate to, uh, you know, have all the rankings and all that stuff. But I'm at a different level now where that stuff really doesn't matter. So I just got to keep striving. You got always got to
2: find that next level of what you're reaching to. And you know, even aside from Mel Tucker, which I mean, it's a valid point, of course. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Power Five schools, is Michigan State the only one that has a Blackhead football coach and a black athletic director. I mean, I think I did see something about that. It's either yeah. we're either the only one, or maybe there's one other one. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, the second you have a black head coach, you're already down to like four or five in the Power <laughs> Five. It's yeah. it's it's, a, it's an ongoing problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to have the double dip, it's a it's a real point of emphasis there. To not it's not hiring because of that, but mm-hmm. they really embraced. Michigan State was one of the first to integrate, right, right. and the whole that was a really. Big part of the fabric. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were on the right side of history, to use the cliche there. So I do think that matters to a lot of people. And that you're not the first person to say that on this show, that that matters to you. Right. So, I mean, you, you guys kind of mentioned a little bit that the you saw what was going on at Michigan State and the perception being a little bit down based on the prior high from 10 years ago or so. I've heard sort of mixed responses on this, but the players tend to say the same thing. You see, five and seven last year. I'm sure you had some concept of what happened on the field. It wasn't the most fun season ever, you know, for a multitude of reasons. Were you discouraged at all? You know, you're looking at obviously your final decision came after the fact, but, you know, Jordan, you were an earlier commit, but were you, either you guys discouraged or concerned at all by saying, oh shit, what am I stepping into? This is a mm-hmm. five and seven team. What am I going to end up doing up there?
0: Uh, for me personally, uh you kind of want to go into a situation like that where you know you're great, you want to go to a winning program and stuff like that, but they before the season that Mel Tucker got here, or his first season, if I record, they weren't they didn't have as good as a record as they did when they went in 2 and won the Peach Bowl. So it's not an impossible thing that for a program to turn around in a year. Uh coach Coach Tucker's a great coach. I mean he'll do it, he can do it again. And that's the process that we've had so far going and during the off season is to prepare to go 11 and two and better. Um, so at during my recruiting process, it didn't have much of a, a, a factor for me to sign whether or not I wanted to come. I made that decision, uh, that commitment back in the summer, and I stuck with it. So,
2: And I mean, Tamisha, yours came in December, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you were, the finish line was there. Mm-hmm. Obviously you weren't discouraged because you stepped into that with, the full deck of cards in your hands mm-hmm. but was that a cause for any concern before you made that decision
1: not at all my so freshman year of high school uh, i wasn't on varsity um played on a freshman team our varsity squad went zero and nine. we didn't win a single game oh. so my <laughs> sophomore year i had to walk in and it's like i could have transferred to a different school i could have transferred to our rival school across the that's known for winning state championships year after year but I was like, man, I want to stay with the guys and let's build something here. And we went 10 and three then 11 and two and the rest is history. So it's like tr- transforming a, a, a program isn't something new to me or being a part. I'm saying it's, it's not me, but being a part of the transformation of a program isn't something new to me. So I'm not I'm not opposed or I'm not scared of of the unknown. You know, you just got to make history every single day.
2: Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports came out as one of many critics this year. Sometime in November, he wrote multiple negative articles about Michigan State this season, and there's some fair game there for sure. But he came out and insinuated that the recruiting momentum was going to really suffer. And how can Mel Tucker overcome this? He he has a huge challenge ahead to convince recruits that my contract's on a punchline and all this nonsense. And then Michigan State ends up with historically, objectively, the best recruiting class in its history. How do you think Mel Tucker overcame that? Why did it not matter sort of at large to, to other recruits. I know you can speak for yourself, which you've done, but how did he manage to overcome that to where everyone is saying, and Wetzel wasn't the only one, oh, no, the program's in trouble. Recruiting's going to suffer to, not only were they okay, they had the best one they've ever had. How do you think he navigated that?
0: To be completely honest, and it might sound weird, but honestly doing nothing, um, the way he recruits, it's so personal, and he makes you feel like this is a place where you need to be Um, I've shared this uh, a couple of times, but when I came on my first visit, uh, in the summer of 21, I said, we sat down in his office and I asked him some tips and I was like, you know, what are some things that you would like to see me work on for this next coming season? And all he did was grab his remote and cut his TV on. And my highlights were already up there. Like he had been watching them the night before and it was early the next morning too. So, um, you know, he just makes you Want to feel like this is home? This is where you need to be. You know, he doesn't done. He doesn't do anything crazy. He does he? Just makes you feel he's real personable. It makes you feel at home.
1: What would you think? I think it's also experience. You know, he's been at a, a number of other schools, the big time schools. So his experience, he knows what it takes to win at this level. So when you see his pedigree and his resume, it's not you can't really get too nervous or too worried about the future. You know that like he's in control and everything's gonna be okay.
2: Yeah, he seems to. And I talked to, uh, I had Darius Snow, uh, Xavier Henderson, and Jacoby Winman on the show together. And, you know, we talked a little bit about during the show and after the show, the season wasn't as good as the one prior, the 11 and 2 season. And I asked them, have you seen any difference in Mel Tucker from, obviously, Jacoby wasn't here, but the other two, from 11 and 2 to this year where you're struggling? they said you would never know. I mean, if you just parachuted in to 2011 versus, or 2021 versus 2022, there's no distinction. He's kind of even keel. Has that been your experience? He's kind of one level all mm-hmm. at all times?
0: Yeah, and he's been busy with recruiting and stuff recently, so I haven't seen him much since I've been there. But the times that I have seen him, he's the same level-headed. And that's kind of the quality that you need to have, especially as a head coach. Um, you can't let moments get too big or moments get too small. You just gotta stay neutral at all times. So
1: yeah. that's, that's any leader. You mm-hmm. just, as things come and go, you got to stay center line. You can't, because as soon as you, if you show too much emotion or start freaking out, then everybody around you that's underneath you, so to speak, under your, you know, your, your, your management, they start to freak out too. So you have to have that even keel kind of attitude. And, and Coach Tucker definitely has
2: that. I want to transition to this. This is going to be a little bit self-indulgent, but I, I, I'm a sucker for cryptic tweets, man. And, and uh, to Shay, I don't know if this is a line from a movie you were throwing out there. Like Ben, can you throw that up. I, I wanna, I'm dying to get some clarity here. You, this is your pin, your pin tweet when you committed to Michigan State in late December. "Quote: Giving real out real favors real held real me real. back. Standing on business now. Can you decipher what that means?" Uh, I'm not going to go
1: into too like too deep. Just for everybody that everybody that knows me, anybody that's younger than me that. I've trained with, or worked out with, or any of my any kids that I've mentored, and life life is about one taking risks, rolling the dice, and then two business. I mean, like business is business. That's just that's the bottom line. So if if you see something, maybe something was good at the beginning, and maybe there's a little bit of adversity. Sometimes, first of all, there's nothing wrong with fighting through adversity, but sometimes certain situations aren't the best for you. And you know your reasons behind that situation not being the best for you. And you, you don't take anything personally. You can't, it's just business at the end of the day. And that's, you know, that's what everybody warned you. Your high school head coach warned you about that. Your little league coaches warned you like, it's a business at the end of the day. So don't get too caught up into the mix. Just understand your platform, understand what you have done understand that you have provided a little bit of a body of work for you to go out and and seek a new opportunity and you know if that's where you, if that's where you're being led if that's where your heart's leading you to then go and seek out that new opportunity you know like you only get one life you got to take a risk
2: when i saw it I, I i read that as you're coming in with a little little snarl little little something to prove is that is that fair
1: there's always something to prove When I was at my last school, it was something to prove. I wouldn't have gotten on the field if it wasn't something to prove. It's always somebody that's trying to replace you. It's always something going on in the background. You just gotta prove yourself every single day. Not just to the outside world, it's just prove yourself to yourself. Cause that's who you started, that's who you've been with since the day. Like day one, you just gotta prove what you said was gonna happen is gonna happen. You just gotta make it come to fruition.
2: Let's stay on your Twitter account, but in a more friendly, favorable way. Cause I'm curious for both your answers to this sort of framing ben can you throw up the second one so quote love the squad i believe in the vision can't wait for everything to come together this is tune me twitter account from three days ago mm-hmm. tell me and we'll start with you to me because it's your tweet but i do want jordan's take on this as well you say you love the squad and you believe in the vision mm-hmm. what is the vision that you believe in
1: we gotta win the big Ten.
2: Right, Jordan? It's yeah. none. It's none. We, got, we, it's, we gotta win the we Big Ten. About. That's all you it is. You guys talk about that immediately? We gotta win the Big you Ten. You gotta speak it, in, speak it into existence. existence. That's what it's all about. I mean, so like in a couple of years from now, you're waiting the foundation to win the Big Ten, or are you talking no, about next year? No, we gotta go right now. Oh,
1: no. It's, come on, we not <laughs> trying to play with nobody. It's a lot of talented. I got a lot of friends in this conference. A lot of guys at Ohio State, Penn State, guys at mm. the school down the road. I know a lot of people in this conference. There's a lot of talented people in here, but it's like we got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's going to remember
2: the lat like the bottom of the no.
1: We got to go. You feel me? We got to go.
2: This I, I mean, the studio could surprise you, but this is actually not a Michigan State show. I have Michigan guests on, Detroit Tigers guests on. I have a lot of Michigan people that watch all the state stuff. A lot of people are laughing at what both you guys are saying. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you honestly with mm-hmm. the Big 10 stuff. I, when I had Connor Hayward and Kenneth Walker in here, they said uh, they were trying to win the Big Ten and you know win ten plus games, go to a good bowl game. And I told them to their face, man, if you guys go six and six, I'll be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Connor Hayward wanted to like rip my head off, and I, I thought he was just being tough or whatever. But they ended up winning eleven games, didn't win the Big Ten, but they were on the doorstep. So why do you think that's possible? Because you have to understand most people, if they're not Michigan State guys, are going to say we were five and seven last year. Like, what, do you th- what are you talking about? Why? Mm-hmm. What's your response to that? Um,
0: I think a lot of people do forget about the eleven and two season that was just prior to that. So, I mean, it's possible it can be done, and it all starts with us because the way we look at it, we work outside, we work inside out. We don't, we don't really worry about you know what other people have to say about because um, they're not in the weight room every day, they're not in the practice field every day, they're not in meetings every day so they don't know the steps that we're taking so it's just uh our job and our we're given the opportunity to just go out and win those games and
2: not really necessarily prove anybody wrong but just prove ourselves right does the coaching staff openly talk about this stuff or is this more of a player thing winning the big 10 this year is that what's who's sort of setting that tone? who who said who said i think it was jj
1: yeah
0: i think it was jj we had we had our our first meeting and jj said first jj said it first but that's the that's what I, I love so much about this team. It's a real player led team. It's and offensive coordinator.
2: Sorry to interrupt you, but you mean Jay Johnson?
0: No, no, no. Sorry. Um, oh, our players, the, yeah, one of our players, Jerry Jackson. Uh, Jared Jackson. Oh, man, okay. I yeah, yeah, I just
2: because that's my I would write to the coordinator, but uh, just yeah. to clarify, because yeah, that was over everyone's head, including mine. So just wanted to make sure. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: gotcha. yeah, yeah. We have a, a player, a real player led team. And especially right now is an important time, especially with a a bunch of new guys coming in. We get to see some of that leadership and things. So having those standards coming from a teammate and not a coach, because the coaches, you know, they coach, but they don't have to necessarily live by the things that we do. You know, they're up each morning and stuff, you know, they go to work and things like that. But, you know, they call the plays, but we're the ones that have to execute them. So to hear that from a player, it shows that, you know, it's real
2: genuine and that that's the, the goal that as a group, as a team that we're trying to achieve. So you guys are both, you know, you're coming in obviously as a rising freshman. You, you're still an underclassman, so I mean, you're you're both sort of on the young side of the Michigan State trough. Is there any sort of weirdness about coming in, especially for you, Jordan, as a freshman, but for either you first year guy you just got on campus and being a leader? Is that is that a, something you have to weigh? Like, do I speak out? Because I mean, you were just featured as a leader on the actual page. Like, mm-hmm. do, do how do you balance that? Um, so. As some people probably heard. I don't.
0: I don't talk about it too. I just let other people speak. But I have. I was a three-time captain at IMG, um, which nobody has ever done before. So I'm used to stepping into that leadership role. Uh, I understand that here I kind of have to kind of squeeze my way in, being a, a, the youngest guy, uh, great uh, grade-wise as possible. So um, I I do the best I can to to lead when I can, but also you know respect the. The leaders that have been there, who's actually you know put in the, the Michigan State work and have earned their spot. So just kind of trying to find that in between of you know if this is my opportunity to speak out and stuff like that.
2: Is there a player alpha in that building right now? The way you know when Caleb Williams walks around USC, I, I heard he's you know the guy, is, which mm. would make sense. Does Michigan State have that on this roster? Man, we're all the same. We're all on the same yeah, level right can.
0: now. We're all on We're all striving for the same thing. Nobody thinks that. You know, they're greater than anybody else. We all come and we put in the same work every day. So it wouldn't be fair to say that anybody's on a higher pedestal than anybody else.
2: Yeah, I mean, when Bryce Baringer was here, he was the alpha, but he is gone now. So, yeah, I can actually see it being a, a level playing field. Is that your sort of take on it, too? There's no kind of I'm the, the leader, I'm the voice of the team. Everyone looks to one guy like it is at USC.
1: Mm, nah, I haven't really seen that. I haven't seen that um, when, you know, our leader is pretty much Mel Tucker, Coach Tucker. That's our leader. That's who we look up to, and it shouldn't be anyone that's above the headman. You know what I'm saying from the team.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, as far as the Big Ten winning the Big Ten is concerned, it. I mean, it's great that that's the player thing. When Mel Tucker was hired here, and there's quotes on record, he was talking about winning national championships, and he was talking about going after a certain size recruit because he wants to get into the playoff and not get pushed around. The Big Ten is, is great. We've done that. But Mel Tucker talking about at some point winning a national championship here. I mean, we were talking about eye rolling, about winning the Big Ten next year. But winning the national title ever gets a lot of eye rolling. I happen to think it is possible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pushback on that. Is Mel Tucker crazy or is that possible at some point? Look no, who
1: uh, look, look who was just in the, in the college football playoffs. TCU, nobody thought TCU would be there. Mm-hmm. They got destroyed. They got destroyed, though. I mean, they got they, destroyed. They got
2: run over. Mm-hmm. They got close, but I mean that's you know close. Ain't Recruits,
1: mm-hmm. who you bring in?
2: Or two of them now. I mean, <laughs> two two of them that all those schools wanted. So yeah, I mean that's a good start. Is Recruits. that what's your take, Jordan? Is that possible?
0: No, it can and it will. Um, over time, whether um, it's next year, which is, we wanted as soon as possible next year, but it's definitely something that. We're gonna strive for it, and like you said, that's something that um, our leader believes in. We follow under those same beliefs, so we're striving for that every day.
2: I mean, we were effectively like the Alabama of the '50s and '60s. You know, six national championships in that span, but the last one was 1966. I mean, for frame of reference, the Heisman Trophy winner that year was Steve Spurrier, who's now a retired like 80 <laughs> year old coach, and his numbers were like. 14 touchdowns, eight picks or something like that. So it is way in the rear of your mirror, but the program actually has been close. I can make an argument in 2013, they were the best team in the country, you know, 13-1 and one Rose Bowl, and obviously went to the playoff and ran into that great Bama team. So I likely, maybe not, but definitely possible. I don't think it's like this impossible thing like people pretend. I want to talk a little bit about Jordan specifically with Mel Tucker's words about you. So we talked about the only guy to be a three-time captain at IMG. The praise that you've gotten from the leadership standpoint is bizarre, like and atypical for anybody, let alone a freshman. Honestly, I don't think anything at Michigan State's ever happened in my lifetime where someone's coming in as a freshman and it's like, oh, this guy's got captain written all over him. I said, You're, you know, you kind of have that Darian Harris 2.0 cloth. So Mel Tucker's quote about Jordan Hall just a few days ago. This is an incredible, incredible words to hear about a freshman incoming in. Uh, Jordan Hall is a true leader on the field. He directs traffic and takes charge. He's a field general. It's like having a coach on the field. What does that mean? You to have your coach saying that to the media before you've even played it out. Uh, it, it definitely means a lot
0: for me. I didn't even know he had said that. I tried to stay off media and things just post, you know, when I when I have to. I feel the, the need to. But, no, it definitely means a lot. Um, like I said, I know he's seen my film. And, I mean, of course you see him here. But um, to know that, you know, he believes in me in that aspect and knows what I'm, I'm capable of uh, means a lot to me.
2: And the coach on the field, you know, cliche kind of, that's normally for a senior, maybe a junior. Like to, for a guy that has even played yet, I'd be pretty psyched if he said that about me if I were you. I just think that's it. Really speaks to the expectations. Obviously, production is is great and an important component. Obviously, but just the sort of lean on you. Do you feel that that you know there's a lot of expected of you off the field with the program?
0: Um not in a negative way is in pressure. I kind of look for the, the expectations, you know, I want to have good expectations. And like I said earlier, it's not about proving anybody wrong. If somebody thinks I can't do something or whatever that may be, it's just proving myself right and the people that believe in me. Right. So if he expects me to go out there and be a field general, I have to expect that and more from myself. So, I mean, I take it in, and, you know, I try to just do my best and exceed those expectations.
2: I'm going to move to this, and this is going to be careful on the landmines because I'm not trying to trip you up. This could right. be a general matter. But I would argue, and I think it's almost objectively true, the most interesting aspect of this offseason for you guys is not your side of the ball. It's the other side, specifically the quarterback position. I'm not going to ask you to weigh in on who should be the quarterback. I know you mm-hmm. wouldn't do that anyway, even if you had enough evidence to make an informed decision. But there's a debate going on that – you can't unseat Peyton Thorne unless there's this massive gap in practice where you know Keaton Hauser or whomever is just completely outplaying him. And then there's the other sort of side where if Keaton Hauser is 1% better, he should be the guy. Mm. Take them out of it as a general rule. How do you balance that incumbency as a player where do you want that guy that's a third-year starter, even if he's been a little bit less effective in practice for any position versus – You know, a guy that hasn't played before, but is you know zipping it all over, or is mauling guys on the line, or whatever the position is. Mm -hmm. How do you sort of balance that?
0: Um, For me, I feel the the best player for whatever we, I mean, have a good week of practice. You know, of course, you know you should be able to play. Um, Having that experience does help, um, but I mean, it all just depends on the situation. You have a guy who's been leading the team. for the last two years and, you know, really has left his stamp on Michigan State. And then on the other hand, you have uh, a nice, a, a great young quarterback who, like you said, in, he does amazing things with the ball. So uh, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. They're both great quarterbacks. Um, you know, I mean, it's really, it's not my decision to make. They're both great quarterbacks, but I, I
2: hope the best for the both of them. And Bill Parcells famously said, paraphrase a little bit, that the quickest way to lose a team is, not play the best guy like just mm-hmm. and i think players tend to realize pretty clearly like who who are better guy is. So you know if there's some something going on there that shouldn't be to me what, what do you think is a general principle i mean it's a general i'm not telling ta- you didn't a talk about the quarterbacks. it's a general matter
1: i feel like the best man should play and everybody everybody in that locker room knows who's the best man is. Cause I, I came from a locker room that we were having the same sibling. It was a lot of debate between the team and who's gonna start this and that. The team, I'm not gonna go into specifics, but the team at the end of the day, they know who they want. It's certain people that are gonna want one person, certain people that are gonna want another person. But at the end of the day, we have to be all on the same accord this is our quarterback, because if we're not on the same accord, it's going to fall apart. Everything's going to fall apart. So like Jordan said, I'm happy I don't have to make that decision, but it needs, to be, it needs to be clear. It should be clear going into the season who our quarterback is. So there's no ifs, ands, and buts. And we can all just ride, ride it out.
2: So you care more about who's looking better in camp. The whole For any position. It's more about, you know, you got a guy that's never played versus a guy that's got three years of experience or going on three years of experience. You just want to see who, who's looking better in camp, stronger, better, whatever.
1: I mean, experience matters, though, because what have you, like, what have you put up on tape? What, what's your body of work? You know, what have you done in pressure situations? What have you done when the lights turned on and it's okay, this is the first play, this is the second play, this is yep. the third play, what are you doing? How's your, is your name step, is you, how are you leading your team, your quarterback, you have to lead your guys, you, you can, you're a field general, like middle yeah. linebacker, you're a field general. <laughs> yep. So how are you leading the team? I mean, I, I'm a new individual coming into this scene, Coach Tucker knows more of what's going on and you know, it's his decision at the end of the day, I hope and I know he'll probably make the, the best decision.
2: Does the uncertainty bother you at quarterback? I know positions have varying degrees of importance just in terms of their ability to impact the game, but the quarterback position is so unique. I mean, it has so much weight in one direction or the other. Does it weigh on the team in general to have an uncertain quarterback situation if it goes late in August and you still have no idea who the starting quarterback is?
0: Um, I think, I know I said me personally, but I think the whole team feels this way is um, with the uncertainties at quarterback right now, we believe in everybody in that room to whoever is chosen or, you know, that whatever, however that process goes, we have faith in whoever's taking the ball from the center. So, um, whether that time comes in August or whenever we're going to put our faith in that guy, cause that's what, as a quarterback, you, that's what you need from your team is that support and that reassurance that, you know, you're the guy for the job. So, like I said, whether it's uh, Kaden, whether it's Peyton, whoever, um, you know, we, we put our faith in whoever the coaches put their trust in to play quarterback. For
1: us. Not just to piggyback off what he said, not just the team, the coaches. Like, if the coaches believe in you, then everything works out for the best. You know, you always, as an athlete, you always need a support system. So, whoever is elected, chosen, um, drafted, whoever it is, we just got to put full faith in them. And I feel like that's going to help help them grow and, and help lead our team.
2: Well, speaking of putting full faith in people, you touched on it a little bit. Brandon Jordan, yeah. pass rush specialist at Michigan State. Obviously, NFL clientele list uh, pushing 200 at this point. Multiple future Hall of Famers somehow outside of Michigan State is a controversial figure. I don't know how this is a thing. I don't know why it's a thing, but it's true. It's not just from one or two people. It's, oh, he, he's just a, a poster on the wall. In this case, he literally is, but <laughs> in my studio. But he's, he's constantly minimized outside of East Lansing, and it tends to be on one campus with one fan base. So E.J. Holland is this, to his credit, somewhat prominent recruiting writer for On3. Their uh, Michigan wing is the Wolverine. Ben, can you throw up this quote? This is E.J. Holland, quote, wake me up when Brandon Jordan recruits and develops somebody. He built his brand on clout and is continuing to do so. He's a social media master. Kudos to him. Brandon Jordan is an Instagram trainer, not a real football coach. That's E.J. Holland.
1: Who is you, bro? <laughs>
2: what do you make of that? it at? <laughs> Chimiche, what do you make of that? I mean, and life is always going to be haters.
1: Somebody going, you know what I'm saying? Just, I'm not gonna. I can't speak negatively on anyone. Just.
2: Well, you don't have to. Go. You don't have to rip the guy. But I'm saying, do you disagree with that? I mean, is he just because uh, you you went there because of him? Mm-hmm. That's you said he was your first call. That was your biggest hook to go there. As a you can take EJ out of it as a general matter. I mean, can you? Because that's not a solo opinion. That's a common criticism outside of East Lansing is, oh, he's just posing for pictures. You have firsthand experience, so can you speak to? why you think that may or may it's, not be true. It's not true though.
1: Because if you look at how he breaks down the game and what he's telling you to do within each drill, it matches just the pros, the collegiate level, high school. It's all stuff that you're supposed to know. And he's breaking down the game. He's detail oriented. And what he's telling you to do is no different than what the pros do. It's no different than what college that you do. Like, you just got to go on the field and execute. So, it, all that he's an Instagram this and you no, know, he's telling you the right things to do. You just gotta go and execute. It. Everybody has their own flair, or you know what I'm saying, how they want to approach different things. But he knows how to coach, and he knows what to do. So why would I go and follow somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about? It doesn't make any sense.
2: On the funny thing in my own personal experience with Brandon is I've tried to get him on this show. He watches this show. He's probably watching it right now, and he's the opposite of. You know, kind of cloud chasing. He he said honestly, I don't really like doing media, man. But
1: bro, he he's he's he the most humble yeah. individual that you'll ever meet in your life. So it's quiet, crazy. Dude. It's quiet, it, it, quiet. Yeah. like out the mix. Just like if you a hey, little bro, you need something? Like, are you good? Like, check up on you. Like, he's not with all this media theatrics and all. Like, that's why I'm like, who is this guy? On the (laughs) team, just talking. I just
0: just think it's funny because I don't understand how you can see his production and his numbers and how he's able to transform players and help them get to the quarterback. And you can say something like, "I just think it's funny."
1: Yeah, it's hilarious.
2: I mean, part of the quote was, "Wake me up when he recruits somebody." Like you know, when he's responsible for anybody at Michigan State. Watch
1: this. Just watch this. No, I don't
2: even. Just watch this, bro. You're here because of him. Just watch this. You're a one man debunking of the theory.
1: Just watch this.
2: I it's just I don't understand, but that's not like well, It's called nut picking. Where well, I'm going to find the one weirdo that says something crazy. What do you think of it? But that actually is a representative example of what a lot of people say, mostly in Ann Arbor. And I just don't get it. It's like I mean, is TJ Watt a fool? Is Von Miller a fool? I don't understand that. I don't know. So I mean, I know Jordan because you're you're a linebacker, but he works with linebackers too all the mm. time. Like, I, I, do you have a relationship with Brandon as well?
0: Um, a little bit, not as strong as you know some of the other early roley D line guys, but um, I've seen him you know around the weight room, and he, I mean, I mean, they say he's an Instagram guy, but the stuff that he's doing on Instagram with these NFL pros and collegiate athletes who are getting ready to go to the pros, it it works so. I I I watch his his Instagram stuff and I try to put his part in my game and that's and I mean it wasn't the, like the deciding factor for me because you know I'm not a real edge or like uh, interior guy but it, it definitely has a, a factor you know I want to be as versatile as possible and being able to add that pass rush to my game what better school to go to than somebody who has a pass rush
2: specialist so. So Tunniche is strongly pushing back on the. He's just a marketing whiz, and he's a fraud and charlatan and all that stuff. I, I it's one of the more bizarre criticisms coming sort of towards East Lansing in, in any fashion. I, I don't get it. I there's a lot of things you can maybe say, but not not about Brandon Jordan. I don't understand that. They hate
1: on everybody, but they hate on Jesus. So. <laughs> Go, yeah, there's
2: always gonna be some type of hate, bro. Well, I mean, yeah, he's like sack Jesus, so I mean, you can't really learn from anybody better than than him in that regard. But yeah, it's one of the more fascinating things going on there. So I want to touch a little bit, and this is the you know Jordan Jordan Hall takes a, a bathroom break, you know, two minute segment. But the Texas AM experiment, you know, that you had, uh, or that they're you know what they're doing with NIL, and you're you're sort of. Not a cup of coffee there, but short stint there, relatively speaking. What happened at Texas AM last year? I, I, everything, the, the news of reports about mass exodus, it was so negative. What what kind of happened there? Um, just a lot of guys didn't feel like that was
1: the best situation for them. And I was one of those guys. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say. I mean, they gave me a, a platform and an opportunity. I was playing on the biggest stage. So I can't say anything negative about them, truly. Um, they told me how it was going to be. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to earn that spot. It was earned. And, you know, things maybe didn't shake out how I wanted it to shake out, but that's a part of life. It's adversity. So you just got to fight through it. Um, I still got a lot of friends on the team. There's shout-out for Dale Diggs, McKinley Jackson, um, Coach E, Coach Price, Coach Price just hit me the other day, just checking up on me. Like it's still all love, but um, you know, I just had to move on and it's nothing negative to say about them. I mean, I was on the field, I was playing, I was making plays. So, I mean, there's a reason why they played me. There's a reason why they believed in me. Um, We just, at the end of the season, we just thought different, we thought different way, uh, different things were supposed to be handled different ways. and. I mean, I, I can't. I don't have any influence on what they do. I can only control what I can control. So, um, there's nothing negative to say. I love the school. Still love the 12th man. I got friends. I got young kids that still, you know, going to um Shout out little DJ DJ Hicks. Um, it's it's all love. It's really nothing negative to say.
2: I mean, not for you. The national noise was not so kind. I mean, <laughs> the, the 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 ESPN stuff. Like throw up in uh, the fine bomb quote. I'm curious just for your take on Jimbo, because I don't understand this. This is Paul Feinbaum from yeah. ESPN uh, late last season. Jimbo Fisher has easily done the worst coaching job of anyone in college football this year. He is a whiny, diminished figure. It's no surprise people are running away from that mess. That's Man. in reference to the uh, transfer portal exits. I, what was your relationship like with, with Jimbo?
1: Coach Fisher, I mean,
2: Coach Fisher was the first,
1: he was the first coach to offer me. So he was the first coach to really believe in me so I, I really can't say anything negative about coach Fisher like um he wants his program run a certain way and he's had experience with winning. He's won before at the highest stages. So how are you going to negate everything that's happened in the past? Every team's going to have ups and downs. I mean they went to Orange Bowl to what 2 years before I arrived, you know, 2020 season. All seeing that as a recruit, I'm like, okay, these guys are on the, Trajectory. I mean, it was guys when I enrolled as a true freshman that were going to NFL, DeMarvin Leal, shout out DeMarvin, shout out Michael Clemens. I mean, it's a lot of people that get developed, they go to that program, get developed. It's always with anything in life, any organization is gonna be, everybody's gonna have their own take or own negative thing or positive thing to say, Coach Fisher always kept it a hundred with me. Coach Price always kept it a hundred, Coach E. All the recruits that talk to me, they say you have anything negative to say about Anna? I don't. Like, if what one person's cup of tea might not be another person's cup of tea. So, in life, you just gotta do what's best for you. At the end of the day,
2: was there a certain point in time where you realized like I'm, I'm probably gonna look for an opportunity elsewhere? A certain point in time. Just was it mid year? Were you like, oh man, this may not be for me? Was it end of the year? I mean, when, when was that sort of? realization dawning upon you? Because it came at some point because you're here. No, I mean, end of the year, it was, I can't, they tried to stop me from
1: leaving because I was a person that played and they were like, we believe in you, you understand? So they tried to stop me from leaving. I just, my family and I thought it was better to just try and see if if something else was, was a better fit it was it's nothing wrong with texas and no i mean i i got guys over there they're gonna perform well next season i got lots of friends on the team just at the end of the season we my family we sat down and we were like okay let's think about this analog- like analytically let's write down everything that you have that's wrong um you felt like they did wrong or you feel like you could have done better and let's think about this logically and say okay What's being done? What's not being done? What have you done on your part? What's not been do- done on your part? Okay. Do you think this is the best situation for you? Okay. You don't think it's the best situation? Okay. Let's see what we can do. And if there's um, any other schools that'd be willing to come and pick you up. And thankfully there was. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you in very high demand. Yeah. You were not a charity case in that portal for sure. Um, I, yeah. We'll finish here before the speed round. Was the NFL preparation... An angle for either you or both you where, you know, Mel Tucker's got NFL experience, you know, BJ's on the staff. Like, I want to someday play in the NFL. Is that part of the consideration going to Michigan State?
0: For sure. That's the that's the end goal. Uh, Of course, it doesn't last forever, but that's definitely something that I'm striving for, something I want to achieve within the next three to four years. So um, he Coach Tuck has, like you said, has NFL experience. He's coached. Uh, with and and four guys who've also coached in the NFL. So and uh, BT he trains NFL guys week in and week out. So, um, it definitely has a, a part to play in why I chose to come here and the developmental piece of that.
2: And what about you, Timmy Shea?
1: I mean, I want to go to the NFL, but that was <laughs> po- that was a
2: component of the Michigan State Who? appeal. Is that that's what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, Obviously, yeah. I know you want to go, and that's you mm-hmm. know you have that trajectory as a prospect and pedigree. Mm-hmm. But was the ability at michigan state to prepare you a component of your commitment of course i mean it
1: was just like an a and it's who's going to develop you? you you as a as a player you can only do so much by yourself you always need a team everything in life you can't just be a lone wolf you need people around you to critique you make you better so if nobody's critiquing you and saying oh you could do better in this area you can do better in that area how are you going to achieve any of your goals mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I mean you guys have the NFL dream. I have the dream of someday being as popular as Mama Hall. So we have th- <laughs> we have different standards. Don't and- we all,
0: man. Don't
2: we all? She's trumping everybody. It's like I maybe know. she should be QB1. Right. Ben, let's go to the speed round. This is this will be a fun one. I'm excited for this one. So you guys are both different parts, but Southern guys, Texas and Virginia, respectively. And you were playing in Florida, East Lansing, Michigan. Welcome to the cold. What do you make of East Lansing, the town, the weather? What's your take on that?
0: It's cold. It's definitely cold. I'm from Virginia, like you said, but uh, it definitely took some getting used to. The walks to class definitely gave me a little bit, but uh, I'm getting used to it. The the town is fun. Uh, Everybody I've spoken to is very welcoming. So you know, I love it here. This is home for
1: me. I just cold, like it'll be cold. It'll be like twenty degrees outside or ten degrees. And then you Negative I'll, two I'll, degrees. I'll walk outside and I'll see like girls going to the bar with nothing on, like, <laughs> or like you feel me? Like, no, I'm like, bro, are you not cold? Oh, it's, they're
2: still doing that. Okay. On. They were it's, doing that when I was there too. It's
1: cold. Man,
0: like bro. it's never, it's never that serious for it's me. It's never personally, that deep, bro. It, I woke up one morning I had we had uh at early lift. I I looked at the weather. It was negative two degrees outside. Too cold. Negative. If not, not, not even feel like that was the actual temperature. It was negative two. Nah. Degrees.
1: I when I transfer like I transported my car over here. I remember. I think it was like the second night. I started seeing all the morning lights come on on my car. I'm like, bro, why is my car spazzing up? <laughs> it just wasn't used to the cold. It was so cold. <laughs>
2: Your car was more rattled than you were. I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? I mean, in 2021, we played Michigan and beat Michigan uh, in East Lansing on Halloween weekend. It mm-hmm. was so cold. I mean, there's certain, Michigan's weird. There's some Halloweens where it's like 60 degrees. It's bizarre, but mm-hmm. it was a really cold one. And East Lansing, Michigan State. Cold, warm, doesn't matter. Halloween weekend's a lot of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you talk about some of the crazy outfits you'll see. And not, not just, like, women. It's, like, guys will go out and like, Borat, like, underwear and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. two degrees. No. State people are nuts, man. Yeah. So, speaking of yeah. uh, some nuts Blood stuff. Uh, Mel Tucker's swag is pretty wild. I, I mean, this is, uh, you can't really see too well in the picture. But he's got like encrusted diamond spartan dog chain that he's rocking there and he's always got really nice outfits his wardrobe is is worth more than my house <laughs> what to what extent do you guys give a shit about this I, i've heard mixed Oh, like with kids love it kids don't care kids are indifferent whatever like do, do you like having a coach that's kind of not, not just fashionable kind of cool and chill like that mm-hmm. well i was i was
0: that was the day that that night i committed that night and so i remember the chain it's, it's a nice looking chain but uh from a leadership standpoint you know football wise no it doesn't really have much to do about you know performance and stuff like that but when you are being led by somebody you want them to have the same values as you so me personally i like shopping i like clothes and stuff like that to see he has jordan spinning around in his office so just you know to have that kind of connection to similarities of things like that i i feel like it's a good thing to have as a leader to you know the people that are following you.
1: He's just being himself. Yeah, I feel like he's authentic. I even feel I know he's he's just being himself. You know what I'm saying? If if you can be yourself, people gonna gravitate towards you.
2: Is that a little more appealing than uh, you know? I won't name a name, but like a seventy year old kind of traditional, kind of stiffer coach, like do you, just having I, not that he's so young, but just that younger mentality. Does that appealing to you?
1: Personally, I would say yeah.
0: Um, it all just depends on what you like. Um, you know, Nick Saban's a great coach. You know, you don't see him as flashy and and stuff like that. But you know, it just depends on the person and what you like. For me, I I prefer something like that. You know, I feel like you can bond a little bit more, a little bit more personable. But you know, it
2: all just depends on the person and how you feel like you'll be developed more. We'll go to the most contentious topic ever done here with Michigan State athletes. Speaking of fashion, Michigan State fashion show. We have many many iterations as a part of our. Great relationship with the Nike Corporation. We threw up six here. I I mean, there's you got the neon, multiple versions of pro combat, bronze, chrome. What's sort of your favorite Michigan State look of those six? Or if you have a write-in candidate, certainly that's welcome, too. Number four. Yeah, throw that back up. Then. I would
0: say number four, all white.
2: You get yeah, that's
0: all my, white. It's
2: mine too. I'm gonna I like have to get Cooper used. Guy. I'm gonna have
0: to get used to the neon green. I'm. I'm gonna have, I haven't, gonna i have not put on. On. I haven't put that on yet. I got to get
2: used to that. But can't go wrong with all white. The neon is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't like. You're not a neon guy. I, I've I've put it on. I've not put it on. So I can't.
0: Oh. I can't say no. But
2: I haven't put it on either. I can have an opinion on how terrible that is. <laughs> Kent, Kenneth Walker and Connor Hayward. That was their first pick. That was, really? was your favorite one. That ridiculous outfit.
0: I, I, gotta, I gotta try it on. I mean, it's not horrible, It's definitely not horrible. It is horrible. I remember it in NCAA. I I used to I I used to wear those <laughs> I definitely did. did. Looking at it now, I just gotta put it on though. But anything Michigan State, man, I'm all about it.
1: If you're blowing people out 55... To zero in neon, I mean. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> what difference does it make? Right, right. Yeah, fair enough. I, the funniest part when we did that segment with those guys is Ken and, and Connor were like, yeah, I don't know. It looks too much like Seattle Seahawks uh, green. And that's mm-hmm. what He ended up playing for the Seahawks. It's just kind yeah, of funny. He's so like he's shitting on the Seahawks colors a little bit there. And uh, oops, everyone gets caught in, in some shit in this show at some point. All <laughs> right, totally favorable. Two left, almost there. Coolest person you've met so far at Michigan State. Don't say Mel Target. We're talking about how cool he is already. Just uh, you know, most chill guy, or he can be, you know, a fem- female on staff, someone on campus, a professor you met. Who's just like kind of the coolest cat up there so far?
0: Coolest person.
1: You
0: go I, honestly, probably Miss Mandy Chandler. Have you heard of Miss uh, Ms. Mandy? She's our uh, academic my academic advisor Oh, all right yeah that i'm in her office every day we're talking about i mean she talks to me from about football stuff relationship stuff you know i she she's a, her her husband is the wrestling we were, actually we were at the game tonight i was at the game the wrestling match sorry matt she's gonna kill me when she finds out i said wrestling game but i was at the uh wrestling match tonight her husband uh coaches the wrestling team so uh i'll probably that's probably the coolest
2: person i've met since i've been here I spent a lot of time in the academic counselor's office as well, but it wasn't such a good context. To me, what about you? Who's kind of your coolest hang up there so far?
1: Ms. Amber, nutrition. She's been getting me right and mm-hmm. just like, she's real personable, real down to earth. And she's a cool person. So it's good <laughs> talking to her. She's always on my head, though, because I don't like to eat before I live. So like I'll be like Miss Amber, I'm not trying to eat. I'm gonna
2: <laughs> toe up. You, you you do the facet lifting stuff. Yeah, I like I'm it. like that. I can't do that.
1: You gotta get but some, my
2: results. Don't matter. Yours
0: actually kind of do. Got to get some carbs in you before a lift. You gotta get some carbs. Some some simple something. Some, some simple like, carbs.
2: I, look, I mean it's anecdotal, but it's anecdotal times about fifty. Every time they do one of those before and after ads, it looks like a Photoshop P90x infomercial between her and. <laughs> Jason Novak. Uh, I don't know oh what those two gosh. are doing up there. Yeah. Close, no, oh my God. These social media. Have you guys seen these? Mm-hmm. I'll show Novak. you after the show. These before and afters, I mean, they yeah. look Photoshop. But so I'm
0: trying to get mine. Like, I'm a. I, think we, I took my picture, my first week there. That's was the reason I'm working so hard, honestly, yeah, so absolutely. I can see that after picture. What are those episode. two
2: doing up there? <laughs> what are they doing? It's crazy because everyone has a nutritionist and dietitian and a, a strength coach. Like uh-huh. what? I haven't seen anything like these before uh-huh. and afters. They look fake, but then you actually like see the guy in the field, mm-hmm. and they're not fake. Uh, I, I think Novak is no joke. Yeah, I seen tough Novak? back.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I mean he he does his job, but. I think the the thing that might separate him from some other guys is, and the, honestly, the whole weightlifting coaching staff and nutrition—they love what they do. So they they come; they don't just do it because it's their job. They want to see us get better, and they want to see results because we do good. You know, they do good. So it's a it's a partnership kind of thing. They want to put the best in us, so we can put the best in them.
2: Do they like ride you guys about nutrition at all? Like, uh, like. Oh, then yeah. eat your tomato or whatever. Yeah, like Amber, like kind of, you Amber. better, you,
0: gra- you better grab a shake before you head to the meal. Shout
1: out, Miss Amber. <laughs> <You> <laughs> She's
0: watching you shake. guys. Oh She's sitting. Gosh. So this is the table right here that has the shakes on it. She stands right here and she <laughs> watches you walk past. She's like Jordan, did you grab a shake? I'm like, no, I didn't grab. So Misha, can it. I see your plate? What do you eat? <laughs>
2: I, when Let we saw see. Matt Coughlin two years ago developing some biceps, I was like, oh shit. I mean, we knew shit was getting real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing up there. Maybe it is the shake thing and carbs before bench. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but those transformations, like I would do whatever they told me. I'd be, oh yeah. I don't, I don't even, no questions, sir and madam. Like, I'm in. We'll, we'll finish here. Yeah. Last point. You guys have not yet been really indoctrinated into this. I'm curious if you have any concept in this early stage. The Michigan rivalry. Do you have that sort of uh, toe in that pond at all about what, what it means? Like, is that something that's been mentioned to you at any point at orientation? Like, what's sort of your knowledge or maybe lack thereof in terms of that rivalry and how intense it is?
0: Well, you had meet before the, Before he didn't even say it. he said the team up the road. So, I mean, we got a little bit of, you know, we know it's a big rivalry. Uh, one of the biggest out of all of college football, you know, not just the state of Michigan, not even the Big Ten. Um so um we don't know too much of the history about it uh you know we we just we know that it's a bit it's a big rivalry and we play our part to try to you know take care of the team up the road each year.
2: TVJ. Man. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna just shout out everybody that go over there bro. We are going to see y'all real soon. I know a little bit about, I've been talking to guys in the locker room about what's really going on. We are gonna see y'all real soon. And those, those little, um, what's the, the pictures that they snap after the team loses and all the balloons, everybody's celebrating. I'm trying to recreate that, but be on the winning side. If you catch what I'm, <laughs> if you catch what I'm, I'm not naming no days, but if you catch what I'm saying, I want to be on the winning side though. I don't like to lose.
2: I, I mean, do you see the Paul Bunyan trophy across from you? That it, I got to put a blindfold on the guy. <laughs> That was the compromise because I had Michigan, you know, friends, and they said I, I can leave him up, but I got to put a yellow blindfold on him. He's so he, he looks like a hostage.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you about that when I saw it. Oh,
2: yeah, it's, it, I mean, it wasn't on there before, you uh-huh. know, because we had won the last two, but he uh, he had to go blindfold. I can't take him down. Look at what a huge spot that would leave
0: on yeah, uh, the wall. Not, no. we'll, we'll make sure to get that blindfold off on him oh. soon. Don't worry about yeah, it. Please okay. free him.
2: I appreciate it. All right, guys, I won't keep you. You guys drove all the way here. Like I said, happy to facilitate you guys becoming dear friends by accident maybe, but um really appreciate your time. I know how busy you guys are. Uh what when are you guys going back? Like to do when you your, like practice or when's your like obligation? Do you guys have to pop in like tomorrow morning for an eight a.m. lift? Like what's ten AM.
0: Ten AM. He got it good. i got it he got, got it good. Well, wait, 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 wait. I got the seven, man. Seven AM. Oh, you
2: guys have calls? It's like a Hollywood movie set. You hey, uh, yeah, so different. Man. You guys have different times.
1: Yeah, yeah. Man. lifts, man. Lifts, life. Yeah. one Do you want athlete life? Yeah.
2: So you committed to the to
1: the seven
0: a.m.
2: lift tomorrow?
1: No, not
0: tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Oh, okay. Next week, but um, yeah. okay. Got to be committed to it. Got to see the results. I need my after picture, man. Yeah, I mean me Keon
2: Coleman me. did have like a seven eight the next day and he stayed late. We were watching the Kentucky Michigan State basketball game yeah, I before. The him telling, he was
0: telling me that. because uh, I as I was messing around, I was like, let me give me a ride. He was like, Man, that's far. I can't do that I can't one. Do I oh know.
2: yeah. He was telling me about that. Yeah, he was he he's made the trip with right. that whiff snow like a snowstorm. Like, he told me the snowstorm. Oh yeah. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. were sitting there watching the Kentucky game, and I I was sitting there with him. I'm like, hey man. I know you got to go, but like you're, I mean, at the time you're on this basketball team. Like, are you cool with watching Uh this? He's like, yeah, man. He's like huddled around the the laptop, but Uh he's a great guy. I loved him. Keon, Keon gonna be special.
1: Just like he's a leader, and like he's about his business, bro. Like the way he attacks the game, he's detail oriented. He's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. We just gotta unleash him.
2: He's got that wide receiver kind of fuck you thing you want from receivers and cornerbacks in particular. Like they got that. Kind of a little bit of cockiness, but in a good way. Yeah, that's right what it'd be. That's I my take. Yeah. you dog, man. You yeah. got to dog. I uh, uh, appreciate you guys both. Uh, have a good trip back. Hopefully, you agreed on the same playlist or something you guys can. <laughs> oh, it's like Barbara's ACDC. I, yeah, I, I would was, was, uh, to ACDC in the car before. Yeah, Just a I'm gonna bit. get Ox
0: on the way back. Play some country music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're
2: gonna play. You're gonna play that Virginia twang down there. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, All right, I'm I appreciate Texas, you guys. So. so, I mean, great pleasure. I, I'm looking forward to watching you guys. You know, this year and obviously going forward and. I think it's going to be a great year for Michigan State, a big answer to what was a disappointing year last year. And really appreciate your time. I know, again, it's a haul, so appreciate you guys both. Yes, sir. sir. Superior Avenue Show. Ben, love you. Eric, love you. Thanks for all you do. We'll see you next time. Thanks.